actually definitely two weeks ago, I went to a high school reunion. So I graduated from Catholic school in 1981. And so I had a 40th high school reunion. And at the reunion, since I'm a priest, I'll celebrate Mass for all of our classmates who have died, which is now up to about 10 in the 40 years. And after Mass, we have a dinner. Everyone gets together for the dinner. And so this year, one of my classmates, he brought a bunch of rosaries. And he said, you know, I haven't always been real close with the church and, you know, real, like, church person. But during the COVID crisis, I was really kind of getting down and things were hard. And I went back to my church where I went to school and he started making rosaries. And so at our reunion, he asked me to bless the rosaries and hand out to our classmates. And we all got our different colors. And I got my color yellow because yellow for me is the color of hope. And I think that's kind of what my friend discovered in the rosary and my classmates discovered as we got together that in our prayer for one another, we have hope, hoping God and hoping God's presence. And so I thought about you have a making rosaries exercise and to think about how kids may love making rosaries, but also 58 year old men can love making rosaries. And that as we spend our time, my guess is it becomes a spiritual exercise. Because as he was making those rosaries, he must have been growing in his faith and then was able to ask his friend to bless him and then to give him out to his other classmates. And so I thought what a beautiful exercise we have today, blessing rosaries. And I want to share that story with you about the hope that rosaries can bring to us. And that gives the second story. The Houston Astros are now playing the Boston Red Sox no more because they beat the Red Sox. But the first game in a full stadium of 42,000 people, the Astros were losing. And if you go to the baseball game, you see they do the cam and they'll show different people. And so during the baseball game, the camera showed a group of Dominican nuns dressed in their white habit and black habit. And it was like electricity through the stadium. 42,000 people. And they're not all Catholic. How many are Catholic? I don't know. But they began cheering for the nuns. And they said by the end of the game, the Astros won. Altuve hit a home run that just kept going and going and going. And Correa hit a home run. That by the end of the game, the news reporters wanted to go talk to the nuns. And they wanted to know about them. And know about their story and why they were there. And it was a, a story of a businessman in Houston, famous mattress Mac, sells furniture. He had a vision with his, his furniture business to build a trade school 
to train people in trades, good jobs to help them. And he thought, I want to be a trade school that's a, a Catholic trade school. So he invited these Dominican sisters to teach at the trade school. And so he's obviously a very wealthy businessman, has a big business. And so he got a box with like 70 seeds and he said, who do I give it to? He said, let me invite the Dominican sisters. And so in a box where everyone could see 42,000 people, they were captivated by the religious sisters. They did stories after the game, they talked about it. And yesterday before game six, the first pitch was thrown out by a Dominican sister who teaches at Shiner Catholic High School. And you can see on Twitter, and what she did, if you're a baseball fan, you'll know this, but she, she threw out the first pitch, and then she went, <laughs> and that means it's our time, and the Astros won. The crowd went crazy. And on one level, people say, okay, it's nice, they all love the sisters. Well, I wanted to share that story with you today because yesterday I was visiting a school in Weimar and seventh and eighth graders asked me, why do you think the crowd got so excited about saying the religious sisters? And the word I came up with was a word I used earlier, and it's hope. Because I think in the world in which we live, with so much stress and so much worry, especially with COVID and things we're dealing with in the world, that when you see a young woman who makes a commitment to live poverty, chastity, and obedience, and does it with joy reflecting God's goodness, at least for me to today, there's a certain innocence and hope that springs from that. And so for us, as we honor Mary today and place Mary as the queen of our families, I mean, one of the things I pray for our families is an image that Pope Francis will use sometimes is nests where life is cherished and nurtured. And it sets such a certain innocence and love of people that our families can be open to vocations to be a sister or to be a priest and to pray for our priests and sisters to their witness that hopefully they can shine forth that innocence and that hope for the world in which we live. That God's love and beauty is everywhere. And so I saw last night the sisters were there again and the Astros won in a shutout. And I tell people, Sister Mary Catherine threw a three-hitter against the mighty Red Sox <laughs> and they won. Uh, and so I, I just want to share like uh, uh, that with the vocations and promoting it. And then also, uh, I guess with Justin, so how do we honor Mary as queen of the family? So the first thing is that, that we think of how we want to serve Jesus and to follow the, the ways that Jesus lived as a poor man, as chaste, as obedient to his family. And each of us, we follow the example that Jesus learned from his mother and father. As what we believe in the family, he learned those values. And to today, we think, the, I mean, that's what I try to say, I think that's a key to happiness in the world, is trying to live the simplicity of those values, the poverty, chastity, obedience. That's why I think the sisters stand out so strongly with their joy and with their witness for all of us. 
Second thing I was thinking was thinking what the home looks like. And when was funny, man, I don't live too far from here. And so I was thinking, I said, that Holy Family, I started thinking about my house. And if you came into my house, would you think that Mary was queen of my home? I hope you would, because one thing about my house, I have a lot of statues of Mary. If, if you walk in the front door, you'll see a statue on the left. You go ahead, you'll see like a, a little statue, Immaculate Heart of Mary. You'll see Rosa Mystica. You'll see different images of Mary have been given to me over, over the years. I mean, I've seen them. And so you got, I just got one, not about a month or two ago that I placed in my kitchen. And it's kind of interesting, it's, you think, what, that guy has a lot of statues of Mary. But I also think for me, it's the sense that that's where my heart is to give to Mary and to honor her. And so one thing I'm blessed to do in my house, I have a bedroom that's a chapel. So if I'm not celebrating Mass in a church, I can celebrate Mass in my house. I pray for all of you, pray, you know, spiritually, that breathing in and breathing out like we're doing, I do stuff like that. I pray for the Holy Spirit to spread across our ten counties, bring healing and grace to everyone from my little chapel at my house. And what I have on my wall is uh, uh, a wooden carving of Mary, a wooden carving of Joseph, and a crucifix with the, the body of Jesus on it. And what I'll do each morning when I pray, uh, I'll, I'll do my breathing in and breathing out. I, I pray to breathe in the Holy Spirit, breathe out any doubt and fear, and I think of what I'm afraid of, or uh, I pray to breathe in the Holy Spirit. And I pray for the Holy Spirit to be with me throughout the day, every person I meet. And then I do a couple little things. One is, I, I, I take like my heart, and I give it to Mary. And I, I say literally, I actually say these words. I say, Mary, I will go where you send me. That I don't call her Mary my queen, I just say, Mary, I will go where you send me. And for me, it's a sense from the wedding feast of Cana. If you remember, Mary's the first one to kind of push Jesus out. And Jesus knew his time, but he listened to his mother. And so for me, the way to honor the son is to be open to the mother. And so it's a, it's a little spiritual exercise to say, Mary, I'll go where you send me. And I pray each day that I'll have that heart joined with Mary's heart. Then I look at the crucifix. And I'll, I'll look at Jesus. And I call him sweetest Jesus. There's a little saying that I say sometimes in Latin or Italian, but Dolcissimo uh, Gesù, sweetest Jesus. I say, sweetest Jesus, allow me to hide within your wounds. It's an old image that St. Ignatius would use. It always struck me as interesting because I, I, I say I offer it because I'm, I'm, I'm a proud person. I, I, I like to talk. I like to. I like to have pictures taken, all that. And so I say, Lord, I have to hide within your wounds that you are the savior of the world. Uh, the blood and water flow from your side. And so I ask for myself, let me hide within your wounds. And I pray, grant me knowledge of, and, and I, I think by the dangers I have is worldliness and vanity. And so I say, grant me knowledge and rejection of all worldliness and vanity. And, and 
That's why I said, that's probably the sisters stand out. They rejected worldliness and vanity. They're living it. And I said, Lord, help me be aware of my own sinfulness to pray for your healing. I think there are little rituals that we can do in our homes and our families that can become like daily rituals in which we're honoring Mary as the queen of our family. And each of us in our own way, our own language, can say our little prayers. And so I think having statues and images of Mary are helpful. And then also to include with it a ritual of how you like to pray. I mean, some people you have the kneelers, some people have candles, some people have, some people have incense, some people have different things. But think of how you want to have this place where you honor Mary and what's the ritual that you want to use to honor Mary. And then my final thing I want to say today is the three things. The third is, is I think we'll come up on different activities. And one of the things I think about is honoring Mary. Think of Mary and Joseph with Jesus. And what were the spiritual practices in their home? And so a couple of things I was thinking about that we learned and reading the scriptures. Uh, one is, I, I talked about going, us going to church on Sunday. I mean, they, they were faithful in the synagogue. They went every Saturday. They, they were faithful. And I uh, think about that, because could you imagine being the rabbi for young Jesus? <laughs> it's like, he's, you don't know he's God, but that kid knows everything. But it's like, he was obedient. He was faithful. And he would go to the synagogue that was there in Nazareth. And even then, when they say he, he unrolled the scroll, it was just taken for granted that that was a religious practice in our home. And so when you can pray and think, what were other practices that they had? They're reading the scripture. And Joseph the father reading the scripture to Jesus. You get images, all of a sudden you realize, like, when Jesus was preaching and the stories he gave, those were stories he probably learned from Joseph and Mary. You almost can picture that they would take trips to Jerusalem. They would go along this big, long road four times a year on a pilgrimage. And during their trip, it'd be like our families traveling. They'd notice things by the side of the road. So just think when Jesus says, aren't you worth more than the sparrows in the field? Who taught him about sparrows in the field? Who was the first one to point, hey Jesus, look at those sparrows. Our Heavenly Father loves these sparrows. If He loves them, how much more does He love you? That the images He is able to communicate to us as human beings came to Joseph and Mary. With their religious practices and the stories we learned growing up. And so our daily practices of going to church regularly, telling stories about life, reading the scripture. In a sense, we're imitating and forming ourselves like the Holy Family. And there's another thing that's on the up there that, that, that he would do as a young as a young boy, fasting. And I would tell people that, like, why do we fast? And we fast on Fridays because Friday is the day Jesus lived and died. But fasting was also part of what Jesus did while he was alive. That he would have regular times of not taking food, and by not taking food to grow spiritually. And so as families, we didn't take times of fasting. Where either we don't eat that day, or we just eat bread, or we don't watch TV, we don't get on the computer, that we give up something. 
And then giving that up, we're doing it in union with Jesus and for God. And that's part of what Jesus did in his family. Now, all these little practices is ways that I want to share with you how I think we can honor Mary as our queen. That in a sense, that we're open in service, and if our children have a call to be a priest or a sister, we're open to whatever the call is. Mary and Joseph were open to what Jesus was called to do. Mary was faithful by his side to his life. That if we're like modeling ourselves in the Holy Family, the religious practices that they did, the attending church, the daily prayers, the reflecting upon the scriptures, our practices that we take with our fasting. And then also we create little spaces, like little altars, where Mary is honored and have our daily prayers in which we remember her and giving ourselves to her and our son Jesus. God bless y'all, man. Thank you for your patience. You young people are fantastic. Uh, and I said, because like I say, sometimes I like to talk. I talk a long time. And you guys have been good. So I think I'll let us go on to the next one. And thank y'all.